episode 115. My name is Dave Hunt, and I'm joined by Michael Swick. How's it going, Dave? How's it going? Uh, nothing crazy has happened in the last week, just fallout from <laughs> last week in general. Does it feel like acquisition, or the acquisition, does it feel like Microsoft bought Activision seven days ago? No, because nothing's changed <laughs> yet. It's going to... Yeah. No, but I meant did we feel like that, like, it feels like that news was, like, longer <laughs> like more oh, than do- seven days. It does feel like that was like a, a lifetime ago, especially. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of hot takes on this <laughs> and then revising my hot takes and just enjoying the hell out of all the discourse that's coming from this. Oh, yeah. So just people's opinions on what they think will or won't happen. And the, the in, in the long run, like, we really don't know. And like, you'll get into some of the news stories, but it's just a ton of PR talk right now. A ton. Yeah, because everyone's <laughs> hands are tied right now until uh, yeah. probably the next six months to 18 months, I believe. Yeah. All right. So um, we are Digital Days Gaming. We are a podcast that posts every Thursday on podcast services. Uh, if you could leave us a review, especially on Spotify and iTunes, those help tremendously. Um, as you may or may not have seen over the last week, part of the 2022 goal is to to get more eyes on DDG. And the best way that we do that is with you guys, as well as some of the short form content that we've started messing around with a little bit, um, some TikToks and some YouTube shorts. So if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please consider subscribing so you can ch- check those shorts. Um, and then if you use TikTok, which I know not everybody does, but the returns that I've already seen on views on TikTok, I can't, we, we can't ignore the platform anymore. So uh, just the, the fresh set of eyes that are, that are on there. And hopefully those people, those eyes that see it turn into listeners and then listeners turn into community members. Like that's kind of always the goal. So the way that, again, you guys as listeners already can help us is by reviewing, especially on iTunes, because it helps on iTunes algorithm. And as well as on um, Spotify, because Spotify now has a review system. I think you can actually review individual episodes. Um, That's not good for me. (laughs) I don't think that you can review um, the whole show, but I don't know. I don't really mess with Spotify as a platform. So uh, we will try to make sure we add all the links in the show notes to everything. I don't want our show notes to be like ridiculously crazy for anybody, but... um, if anyways if any at all just let us know about some of that short form content what you think um it's been kind of cool like angela is obviously like the producer of the podcast and she's learning and kind of messing with um the the platform as she does this and some things do really really well on youtube and then some things do really really well on tiktok and then some both of them don't <laughs> so it's kind of cool um but uh as well as like a paypal donation links down there um uh, the the Teesprings uh, website's there for t-shirts and hoodies and uh, you know like I, we need to look at that and see if there's maybe update some colors and then maybe add some other things to it um, so Josh just chimed in you can review the entire show on Spotify the top left corner when you click on the DDG page so thank you Josh obviously he uses Spotify he's the one a couple weeks ago that actually sent it to me and he said hey just so you know this is a thing and I was like oh cool we, we can so, do that now yeah yeah so go ahead like while you're listening just Click that top corner, <laughs> but not if you're driving. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we're going to jump into some news, and this first one is one I know that Michael's like super interested in. So. Yeah, all right. So the Yakuza creator we talked about a little bit, uh, Tashaharo Nagoshi, he left Sega late last year, I want to say like November, December, and rumors were going around that he was going to make a new studio at NetEase. That is in case, That is actually the fact. He is moving over to create his own studio. 
uh, and it is called Nagoshi Studios. So uh, creative name there, but still, it's fine. Uh, he is also taking along eight other veterans of the Yakuza series over to this new studio, and it sounds like they are going to be making what they call high-end console gaming. And they are going to stick with what they know best and make Japanese-focused games that are either about Japan or take place in Japan because that is what they've always been doing and they're a Japanese studio, so they're sticking to it. So it sounds like they're not going to do anything crazy that we're not going to expect from them. We're just going to get to see what they do outside of the Yakuza franchise. So pretty basic story. Uh, NetEase does own the studio 100%, uh, so... We'll see how that works. I mean, they did pretty well under Sega. So uh, NetEase seemed to be one of those companies that kind of just lets developers do what they want, at least for now. I'm still waiting for that to change uh, with like NetEase and Tencent. But as of right now, Mm -hmm. they just fund these developers and let the developers make whatever they want. So just good to know what they're doing. And they didn't mention NFT in any of their stuff. So I'm, (laughs) I'm fine with how this is going. Awesome. Yeah, um, it was a kind of a one of those, like, I saw the tweet or the headline from somebody else, and I was like, huh, I think that's that guy that, that Michael was talking about. And yeah. I read into it. And I'm like, yep, for sure. So hopefully he gets to the reason that he left, I think, that you were you were hinted at before was just more or less he wasn't liking the the parameters or the barricades that he was been been given. Um, I think it's just he did the thing where he's I think he's been with Sega for like 18 years. So it wasn't necessarily like there was some stuff blocking him it's just same company for 18 years wanted mm-hmm. to do something new uh and sega t- seems to be very much like set on you make the yakuza games you can do other things inside that franchise or that universe but this is what you're doing this allows him to step out of that box just a little bit so yeah. awesome so, I mean, good for him. Um, it'll probably be a little bit before we see his first game. Um, yeah. Or newer game, I guess. Not maybe first game, but it's cool. Like, to, to hopefully see, you know. Uh, I've heard a lot about NetEase just because they um, obviously invested in Bungie's new IP that we still a don't know anything about. Yeah. yeah. and But I really haven't heard much else from NetEase at all. So, not good or bad either way. So, uh, but hopefully that he, they give him the the freedom that he needs to make the game that he wants. Like, and I, I think it'd be really cool to see him do something like like he wants. Like, maybe not. I'm not saying that Capcom was restricted, but Sega. Um, Sega. I'm sorry. Yeah, Sega was restrictive, but uh, it would definitely be interesting to see. You know, like you know, obviously for him, like multi-platform stuff would probably would be probably be a big big deal because they didn't really want to mess with PC at all. No, they definitely didn't. Even though they saw success on PC, they they or they wanted yeah. to move PC, but they locked themselves in with Judgment, and it, it's like a whole yeah. sort of mess there with with how Sega was handling all that stuff. But that's not the news everyone wants to talk about. <laughs> uh, so we have follow up for you have, you have four separate stories on here, and they all pertain to the same thing. And and the crazy part is. There's, There's like <laughs> actually five or six that are in here yeah. that I just combined under. Um, so obviously last week, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard for almost $70 billion. We covered it the day the news dropped. So there wasn't the PR cycle that followed covered last week's show. So forgive us if some of the stuff you guys have already heard. It's just this is like a never ending story until this deal closes. So uh, Phil Spencer, within the, the same day or or 
probably a day or two after he did some interviews. Uh, the interview that I want to focus on now uh, was with Washington Post. It was a 10-minute interview, so they couldn't cover a lot of ground, but he talked about the workplace issues at Activision Blizzard Keen. Uh, I, I kept seeing people refer to them as ABK, and I, I was just like, oh, that makes sense. Keen is a very important part, so ABK. Uh, when they asked about the workplace issues, his quote was, I believe the leaders there believe in the opportunity they have in their plan. Uh, he noted his confidence that these issues will be resolved in addressing potential uh, bringing up of unionized workers. He said the company will aim to empower its employees and do their to do their best work. So didn't say he's going to endorse any unionization. But then shortly after all this news broke out, Raven uh, QA has unionized. 34 employees have formed a union. Uh, they were on strike last week. They lifted their strike under uh, the clause that they, Raven Soft or Activision Blizzard has to recognize their union or else they either will go back on strike or they will do the usual union thing where you have to like hold a vote and then go through the arbitration process with the employer. So, let's just talk a little bit about this. Activision, uh, Microsoft isn't the most friendly uh, company when it comes to unions. I don't think any branch of Microsoft is unionized. And they just took on Activision, which has had a bunch of potential union-related stories come up. And now an actual union when it comes to Ravensoft. Is this Microsoft's problem, or do you think this is like a secret like codec you have however long it takes for this deal to close to fix this issue. Um, I think this could be something potentially that could definitely hold this sale up because um, I think that that is a concern. I don't know enough about mergers or acquisitions, purchases to say if like, do they have to honor it? Um, you know, because technically you're coming and how like how they're classified as like is Raven classified as an Activision Blizzard property like studio? Yes. Are they classified as an independent studio under the corporation of Activision Blizzard? Like I'm sure that there's a bunch of legal terms to that. And then like is this just the QA testers or is this the whole studio? Um, you know, there's a lot of questions that are left to be unanswered. And most of the time, I'm not, I'm not anti-union or pro-union at all. I think that they have a they they serve they serve their place as needed. Um, I also do feel personally that they aren't necessarily needed if your employer or upper management takes care of you properly. Um, they can definitely your employers and upper management and own bosses, owners, whatever you want to call them. If they listen to their people, they can react much faster than any 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 form of unionization at all. Um, so like that's like where my personal stance on that is and if they uh, and apparently at Raven they're obviously the upper managers just not listening Activision not in general yeah. uh, like the video game industry kind of needs unionization because it's been so bad mm -hmm. uh, I also think that people need to understand kind of what they're signing up for like we've talked about this before with contracted work or working on a game or being brought in to do something specific and then that specific thing doesn't need to be done anymore like yes it does you know like is there a possibility that the next game could have that same that same need yeah but do they maybe know what that next game is i don't know you yeah. know like that that part is you know sucks that if you're subcontracted out then you should expect it and you can't be in we even as consumers can't be annoyed if the next Star Wars game comes out from anybody and the studio ramped up to release the game and then the game releases and they're like, oh, they laid off, a, they let off a hundred people. Well, yeah, the game's out. 
like they, they did what they needed to do. Now, was that presented to those people correctly of, hey, here's a one year contract that expires when the game launches? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. So yeah. um, and, and it sounds like that stuff kind of gets up in the air, which is what causes a lot of these right. reactions and issues. Yeah, because I, I, I do know um, the, the couple of the relationships I have from people in the gaming industry that mostly involves PR is that they are brought in. Usually they know what their assignment's going to be when they're brought in. Mm-hmm. And then they also are under contracts um, yeah. for, you know, short term contracts, two year contracts or three year contracts um, that uh, other companies are also aware of said person's contract. I don't know, like, where they find this stuff out at, but. I've had friends that had changed in the video game industry from a PR standpoint that knew four months ahead of time where their next job was going to be mm-hmm. because they already knew their contract was up and they were being offered a new contract. So by either the same company or a different PR company. So do I think it's handled that way with a art design lead or a QA tester? Oh, not at Activision Blizzard. No, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is where... Activision Blizzard, definitely the employees needed to do something and unionization seem like it is the best option for how things are going. I don't know if Microsoft can get away of like, don't do it because things are better here. You don't hear about our employees wanting to unionize. That might not work out for them, especially knowing that this deal can take 18 months. You can't tell the employees now like, oh, yeah, you just got to deal with Kodak for 18 months of your life, like a year and a half. There's always the possibility, whether it's one percent or 80% that this deal doesn't go through. Yeah. It's always there. And yeah, then so if that doesn't go through. And they gave up the union ship because they thought the Microsoft uh, acquisition would go through and then it doesn't go through. To get it going again would be a huge challenge. Yeah. Uh, th- this is going to be tricky for Microsoft to handle, which is why I think Phil Spencer was saying, like, I think they'll be able to handle the situation. Uh, and he was very clear not to be pro or anti-union in his statement because he knows that will open up a whole can of worms that could totally see him losing his spot at Microsoft if he goes too hard one way or the other. Uh, just because it, it, this has never happened. Like, Raven is the first, like, l- large union to happen. But we're only talking about, like, 34 employees, I believe, that mm-hmm. have formed this in the QA department. Raven reacted by a day or two later, announcing that they were going to integrate those 34 people into other branches of the studio, almost to sound like they're breaking them apart. Uh, so that could be a way that they're trying to like quote unquote handle it so we'll see how this goes uh but well, that's, it, that's the it's that's the interesting part not to cut you off i'm yeah. sorry but like is this the like I, I think this is mostly the qa testers right yeah it's 34 qa testers i believe is the the number yeah yeah so like the you know like how does that and that, that's the part that's interesting to me like okay like i work retail you work retail like we've seen i've heard not with any company that i've ever worked for but i've heard of individual stores making their own unions um, yeah. a huge a huge chain locally near us has is a union-based grocery store um and you hear pros and cons both ways but it's it's also interesting to me to hear a department that is that is unionizing and maybe not the other departments like how are they yeah. classified at, at, at raven and then now to your point when they sit there and say okay you six go over here you six go over here you six go over here what happens to that union thing that, of like, but that's why an activision company would do that move because yeah. it's just like let's separate them and because a, a big part of the reason at raven is qa has always been kind of or activision in general qa is always like sh- sanctioned off they're not allowed to participate mm-hmm. in any of the other events that happen in the building 
you know, they're not really considered part of the team. They're their own team. So now integrating them should shuffle that up. But who knows? That could backfire on them. They could get more people into the union. Yeah. Saying, hey, like, you know, like it it could go both ways. Like maybe their integration into the other departments and being involved in other. I don't even know if this is the right word, but other benefits of working for Raven. They might chill out on their thing saying, hey, like, okay, like this isn't too bad. And we really just wanted to be treated like a regular employee. Yeah. Like or hey, like my benefits are different than yours and we're on the same team. And it yep. changes. So this is this could get like messier for this. And we'll see how that works out. I still think there's an agreement between Spencer and Kodak of like this needs to be figured out before the deal is closed. Because they say it can take anywhere from six, t- six months to 18 months for this deal to close. But I have a feeling the high level people know exactly when this deal will close. Like yeah. they, they branch all that off of like, OK, best case scenario closes this exact date. Worst case scenario, it closes this exact date, and then they just kind of structure the goals that they want to take from there. Uh, but let, let's get back to like the more video gamey aspect of that because union talk is a complicated thing. Uh, Phil Spencer uh, talked about how he would consider uh, actually using uh, studios like Toys for Bob, and I believe Vicarious Visions was mentioned or. One of the other studios, maybe Beanox, um, and talking about how they're hoping that they'll be able to work with them. And as the deal closes, get them to resource, get them the resources to work on franchise that Phil Spencer loves and also that the teams would really want to get into. So he specifically pointed out like they have King's Quest, Guitar Hero, Hexen and all the other IPs that are in the vault. So not just focusing on Call of Duty. So he wants to look at those studios that have been turned into support studios into breaking them off that support and making them their own studio again, for the most part, like toys for Bob has stayed its own studio, but they have only been support since they finished crash four. So this is them just looking, or this is Phil Spencer just looking at all the other quality studios that Activision has kind of forgotten about. And now potentially pairing them with, older Activision IPs that have gone dormant or maybe even Microsoft IPs because they can mm-hmm. spread around those IPs, which we haven't seen them do just yet with any of their other acquisitions, They're but it's bound to happen. To. Like, yeah. yeah, they are. Uh, it'd be interesting to see like something like a Skylanders game, maybe not with the toys to get toys for games thing, but um, just a Skylanders game. Mm-hmm. The like, Spyro. Like a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Catering to, to this type of, uh, to, to a little bit of a younger audience. Like again, I, I, I have a six-year-old and finding games that he can play that he can play and that he can play by himself like yeah. that i don't have to read to him or explain a mechanic to him or teach him how to do something that the game can can hold not necessarily hold his hand but the game is of age appropriate for him to play and to overcome it um he's been playing uh ben 10 on game pass and he beat it like i didn't play it at all i didn't really i there's very few times that i helped him and I like that game had some reading, but it actually had some vocal lines in it as two, which were which was super helpful, um, you know, for a six year old that's still learning to read. So like I think that that gap of a, you know, anywhere from a five year old to a nine year old, obviously nine year olds can read, but you don't want like a nine year old is not going to have find interest playing an art like an RPG that's only that's only you know like or a Zelda style game that it requires a ton of reading. There's there's got to be a back and forth and. They do own some interesting properties and they've got some really good talent. <laughs> yeah, they, they've had proven talent that have just been shuffled into. It. And we'll talk about this a little bit in the Bobby Kotick interview. 
but they have a lot of stuff that they might have just hit barriers, though. I think a lot of those barriers were made by current Activision management, but they have a lot of stuff. And like, Guitario, I think, can exist without a plastic peripheral because of the name. Mm-hmm. There's a way to make another Guitar Hero game. There is a way to leverage Skylanders again. Uh, so there there are many things that if Microsoft wants to pursue them, they definitely can. And they also have other studios that can work on these IPs and make but something But I also think it. it's okay for a plastic guitar peripheral to exist again. Especially if it's just a plastic. I think the downfall of Guitar Hero is yeah. they try to compete with Rock Band and tried to do the whole band setup and it just yeah. didn't work. So if they want to release just a guitar peripheral, they probably mm-hmm. could. And there is an audience for that. And then if you combine that with Game Pass, like they could probably think of something interesting to do, kind of what Guitar Hero was trying to do with Guitar Hero Live, where it's just like, mm-hmm. you don't own any of these songs, they're just streaming on a playlist. And they're, I think people would be more acceptable of that if it's in if it's entwined into their Game Pass subscription. Yeah, because uh, you might see it and be like, oh shit, a guitar is like $60. Okay, I'm more likely to pick up that $60 guitar because it's just included with my subscription service and the part that we really didn't talk about i don't know if i said this or not but the more like yeah like the the acquisitions that microsoft has been making over these studios like going all the way back to when they bought like obsidian and um ninja theory ninja theory before they bought bethesda and then obviously now before they've you know their acquisition their activision uh merger purchase whatever you want to call it um that the thing that people used to point at, you know, everybody, rightfully so, similar to all these other subscription services with, with Game Pass, is like, well, is it on there for six months? Is it on there for three months? Is it on there for a year? Is it on there for two years? Like, we don't know. We get, like, the 30-day or 14-day notice that it's leaving. Um, and But the standard has been set of Microsoft Studio games are being on there. So now it would be one of those things to your example with guitar hero. If, if they know it's not going away, they might be more inclined, like you said, to buying a $60 peripheral because like, okay, well I know that I'll get access to this game for as long as game pass is a thing. Yeah. And they can do some weird stuff with backwards compatibility in terms of getting those old games working. They probably can't sell those games kind of like how they can't sell 50 cent blood in the sand, but they still made it backwards compatible. Yeah. Or they, or you make them back. yeah. Yeah. You make them backwards compatible and the people can use their old discs potentially. And that would bring so many people joy uh, just from playing their old games. Um, let's move on to Bobby Kotick's interview. Um, so Bobby Kotick, he did a really fluffy piece, but I saw a lot of people giving shit to the interviewer for not hitting Bobby Kotick with the hard questions. But me and you've talked about this before. <laughs> you sometimes can't ask the hard questions because you know or, you're or not... you ask them and the handler's like, uh-uh, turn yeah. it off. <laughs> when you have a limited amount of time with someone, you get whatever you can get answered. Like, you can't grill them too much. Unless it's on, like, live national television and you have right. that as security. If you're on a Zoom call and they're like, you have 10 minutes, you're going to ask the questions you can get answers to. You might brush against some tough questions, yeah. but if they don't want to answer it, you just move on because and they, and they control the call by the way like yeah. they're calling you they can mute you like mm-hmm. there's a guy like i've been on on digital calls or you know like um like discord calls even and like with other other pr companies and there's a per there's an there's an extra person in the room you never hear from him or her unless you're they're going there. long yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so uh th- i thought this was interesting so they asked him 
when the deal started to form and why it happened. And basically what Bobby Kotick said is when Phil called, it happened to be at a time where we were getting ready to start our long range planning process and realizing that things were going to be issues and challenges. We had the discussion, Phil and I know each other well, and we have a great relationship and the company has a great relationship. But when you start to think about the skills we need and the resources we need uh, and what they have, it makes a lot of sense. So it sounds like, Obviously, this deal didn't just take place over the last month or two when Phil Spencer said he was going to reevaluate his relationship, but they must have been kicking the tires for a couple months and then everything happened. But it sounds like Bobby Kotick hit the realization, oh, shit. We kind of put all of our money into a couple resources and things are log jammed. When you look at Blizzard, Overwatch 2, stuck. Uh, Diablo 4, stuck. Call of Duty, Actually, finally, even though it's the number one, number two game always, is hit saw that a decline. Yeah, saw a decline, and then they had turned all their studios into support studios and basically killed off all of their franchises. So it sounds like Bobby Kotick hit the point where he was in the long term planning and was like, "Shit!" And luckily, Phil Spencer was happen around that time to be looking to acquire things. So it almost sounds like they passed off like future problems to Microsoft. Because Microsoft just needed, you know, that vault. They needed those franchises mm-hmm. to bolster their services. So I don't know if you think I'm reading too much into it, but it kind of no, feels like that. I just think like it's that. fascinating that he picks up a call from Phil Spencer. Like, I just, I would love to hear that conversation. Like, hey, like, what would the number be? Like, you know, like, what, like, you know, like, just to, like, for Spencer to have the balls to be like, hey, I want to buy your company. Yeah. And that happened to be around a time where, like, you know, all, all, all these decisions that these big companies make are years in planning. So the idea that like Bobby Kotick was looking of like, OK, this is what we're doing to call Duty. This is the only thing that is a guarantee for them in terms of like they will make one every single year. And then you're like, what else do we do? Because that number is declining. Yeah. So we released this in November. What does the other 11 months of the year look like? Yeah. Well, they all look like Call of Duty. Like, yeah. What's so-and-so doing? Uh you know weapon skins oh what's so-and-so doing um maps what's so-and-so doing match matchmaking algorithm who's not working in call of duty nobody yeah it's like who's not working on it blizzard okay how's overwatch 2 going all the leadership left fuck okay how's diablo going all the leadership left you know like it, it activision i feel like if this deal didn't happen maybe not next year but maybe five ten years down the road activision's value could have been drastically different um, in terms of what you know, like their value, and they pay and they pay a lot of money for somebody to to do long term prognosis too. And, yeah, and you know maybe he saw it, and he, like I said, he's like he goes to the board and says, if we don't do this, this is what happens. Yeah, and not to say that this is like Microsoft bought something that was it, it, that could die on their hands. Microsoft's looking at this from different interests. You know, Blizzard's looking at this. Activision Blizzard's looking at this of like this is our only lifeline, and Microsoft's like we can throw that in here and, yeah. and run. Well, with it's it. it's like to your point, like you said earlier, it's twofold though. It's like okay, they acquire the intellectual properties that they that obviously uh, appeal to Spencer and his team, and then they also acquire talent that that we have seen do things other than Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. So now he can go into a meeting and go, "Hey, you work for Microsoft Studios now. Like, how do you feel about working on?" gears 
like you yeah. know as you know like a you know or you know a turn-based strategy game of or, or anything yeah. like in terms of like like he can actually go to them and say put all these names on a board and say hey like this is what we have access to what intrigues you yeah like i think we're gonna see a potentially in you know 2024 25 26 We'll, we'll never hear about it, but I guarantee you there's going to be a ton of three people from this studio now work for this studio, four people from this studio work for this studio, Yeah, like, or would, they're working on this project. I was thinking of possibilities of just like, okay, Rare don't want to do a new Banjo-Kazooie. Toys for Bob did really good with Spyro and Crash. Mm-hmm. Give them Banjo-Kazooie. 343 have never been able to figure out Halo, but what if Infinity Ward wants to take a shot at Halo? And then what if 343, who seem to be good at multiplayer, take a shot at the next Warzone? Like, there's so many different things that they can do that will then satisfy the... the... Or they just start helping. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, Infinity Ward is helping 343, similar to how, you know, people help Naughty Dog or Naughty Dog help people or, you know, like, that's the exact same thing. But they gave... Gorilla essentially gave their engine tech to to Kojima. Yeah. Or when uh, Shadow of the Colossus was struggling... Yeah. Oh, no, no, uh, The Last Guardian was struggling, and then it was found out that, like, every Sony studio basically touched that to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Uh, the workflow could be so much greater on Microsoft, along with just what they can do with the IPs in terms of shuffling yeah. stuff around. So it sounds like they're pretty on board. Uh, Bobby Kotick in the interview also mentioned, like, Guitar Hero just couldn't compete because of the shortages uh, nowadays, but thinks Microsoft's got enough money that they can push that along to where Activision wouldn't be able to make plastic instruments anymore, but Microsoft could. Uh, Skylanders uh, was funny because he just talked about how other people in the market just kept putting crap out there and kind of diluted the whole market for Toys for Life. But I would say Bobby Kotick helped ruin that by making that a yearly thing when it shouldn't have been. And then diluted the market, and then talked about. Well, I like, think the the I think the 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 world the the consumers are more met, are more ready for a Skylanders games as a service almost like okay mm-hmm. here's the plat here's the base game here's your puck that you need if you do the toy thing, and now you continue just to buy toys like you don't yeah. need to continue to buy you know like like um, Lego Dimensions was doing for a little bit where like essentially the game the next game or next portal or next door came with the character yeah. not another game the character yeah they it was physical expansion packs yeah uh, and that's something that activision probably couldn't take the gamble on of like let's make a games as a service thing and that would require the risk of being like all right the next five years this is what we're dedicated to but we're not going to get 60 dollars a year from each player it's something microsoft could potentially play around with and then he talked about like candy crush uh being a disappointment in terms of candy crush is big but he feels like it has failed in terms of being a social game uh which he hopes microsoft can take part into it again it it it, he made it seem like he had these grand ideas i have a hard time believing he had like grand ideas for these franchises but it seems like he's at least able to step back a little bit and being like yeah we could have done more but i paid paid it myself in a corner yeah and and it's now it's going to be up to like phil spencer and the, the microsoft gaming to figure out what to do but they get to play a different game in terms of they're just bolstering one service as opposed to just trying to stay alive. Because mm-hmm. uh, 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 Microsoft just put out their numbers now. Xbox only accounts for 11% of Microsoft's business. So, like, it doesn't, you know, they, they're not trying to stay alive, Microsoft Gaming. They're only one-tenth of their uh-huh. whole business uh, or for Microsoft. So 
different game, Phil Spencer should be able to have a lot more tools to play with and a lot more money to mess around with. All right. So, um, talked about this, talked about Raven QA. Let's talk about PlayStation. PlayStation didn't respond last week, or they did respond last week specifically to Call of Duty's exclusivity, potentially. So Sony responded to the Wall Street Journal's request for comment, saying, we expect that Microsoft will abide by contractual agreements and continue to ensure Activision games are multi-platform. Xbox then tweeted out that they will honor these agreements, and then Bloomberg today reported that the 2022 Call of Duty will be multi-platform, the 2023 Call of Duty will be multi-platform, Warzone 2, which they expect in 2023, will also be multi-platform, but after that, it's a mystery, which makes me think contractual obligations kind of end around there, and we're probably in that negotiation window for when they re-up a deal or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to add this to it. Back in 2015, PlayStation... Uh, that was when they started to have exclusive content or timed exclusive content for Call of Duty in 2015. And in my small brain, I assume it's a five or 10 year deal. And that's why Bloomberg, when they report like, yeah, after 2023, we don't really know what's going to happen. Makes me think that that it could be like a 10 year deal might be expiring. But like sports contracts, you write in like a year where you can negotiate or, you know, two years to like re up. So all well, that information. We just had the exclusive content for one of the games, like a mode that was exclusive for Call of Duty on PlayStation for like an entire year. Yeah, uh, and um, the betas have been exclusive to PlayStation, yeah. so the deal's constantly been changing. But what do you think about this? We talked about this last last week a little bit, but knowing that Sony's like they have a contract, they signed it, and Microsoft being like, of course we'll honor those deals. Well, yeah, de- I mean, we just saw Deathloop. Yes. Like, you know, like in Deathloop and then Ghostwire Tokyo is coming, allegedly still. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so those like there's really because that's lawyer suicide <laughs> to go against these contracts that are signed and publishing contracts that are signed and dealed. I agree with you. This time frame on this, on this deal is probably expiring, which is another reason that we're probably hearing about now about the the purchase of like okay like this is the window like there's obviously there obviously wasn't another deal. And to your point, if they know the the five-month window when this deal is going to close, I'm sure it's really close to any existing major exclusivity contracts or whatever you, whatever contracts are with Sony or not. The 2015 contract was very close to the launch of PS4. Or yeah, yeah, it was. It was that 25th, uh, like a year yeah. after. Or so. Around that, yeah. So that's when they also kind of became the, the home, PlayStation became the home for the Call of Duty um, tournaments and um, events. As the, as the main platform. So, yeah, like, this doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Phil Spencer is the king of lip service, and he just went through this Bethesda thing, so he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Um, what to say, what not to say, how to say it, how not to say it. Um, and to my point before, you don't, like, everybody's like, well, you can't you can't alienate a third of your player base. Like, I mean, you can if you're going to offer it on my Android TV. Yeah. You know, like... They don't, like we've said a hundred times before, like Microsoft does not care about selling a box. Yeah. They care about selling a Game Pass subscription. And if you don't have to own a PlayStation or an Xbox or a PC, and like you said last week, you go to the store and buy a $60 controller that comes with a 90-day trial for Game Pass and you play Call of Duty. Yeah. Especially, you know, that box will be decked out in Call of Duty colors. It'll be sitting right next to the physical game. 
uh, or, you know, like the actual game, because you'll still sell those. But yeah, I, and also Microsoft, I believe, are totally willing to take the hit of not having it on PlayStation. Like they would be willing to lose the hundreds of millions of dollars because at that point they would just develop the games differently. Uh, and a little bit I didn't put in here, uh, Bloomberg also reported that high-level executives around Activision are talking about maybe not doing yearly Call of Duty mm-hmm. games because they feel like that would boost morale of players and boost the morale of the fans. So, yeah. But how many, how many people possibly do you think, how many households do you think have an Xbox 360 or better controller sitting in their house? Uh, I mean, it's probably lower than, lower we, than think, we think, yeah, but, it, but, but I wouldn't be surprised if that number is like 20%. You know, okay. like so then all of a sudden, if you just launch and you launch Game Pass, like you launch Netflix. Yeah. Like, and also your controller. <laughs> don't be surprised if they just treat controllers like consoles and take a loss on them. Right now, they make mm-hmm. a profit on controllers. But you have to tell me Microsoft's like, hey, we can cut the price of the controllers in half just to get people into our ecosystem. They do it in a heartbeat because it's only twenty five dollars. You. you, you you present it as uh, here's a you know a fifty dollar controller with a year game pass. Yeah, you know so yeah like that year game pass is a hundred and twenty dollar value, but there it's like when Nintendo would sell Wii Sports Resort with an extra Wii mode in it. We all bought the game because it had another Wii mode yeah. that you couldn't get. So. Yeah, but like honestly, like we talk about like the console manufacturers sound like they lose dozens, if not like a hundred or so dollars with every console they sell. You're telling me they wouldn't exchange that for losing $20 on a controller, especially if they can sell those controllers for like $20, $25 at impulse price and just have them like literally next to the cash out lane. Just like, yo, here's a controller. It comes with Call of Duty, but it's not Call of Duty. It's a month of Game Pass. And I I could totally see like a Rumbleless controller is $30 and a controller with Rumble is $50 and the Call of Duty Special Edition is $60. You know, like, you know, we could totally see something like that. And we see see it similar with phones with like whatever it is, like the iPhone SE and the iPhone 13 and the iPhone 13 Max. Like they all kind of do the same thing, but one does something a little bit better than the others is it is that worth it to you like but at the same time like it all makes a phone call and it sends a text message and lets you go online yeah no yeah it's just going to come down to like features and stuff and how much you're willing to take a loss on a controller because i think that's ultimately where you want to go is to selling people controllers as opposed to trying to there's there will be no chip shortage issues If you're right. just trying to sell controllers in the future, as opposed to yeah, trying and, to sell, and, a whole and I'm box. not saying that they're not gonna, there's not gonna be a new Xbox. Like I think there'll still be a new Xbox because that, that's the thing that people are still gonna be. But it's just gonna be a platform for Game Pass. Like yeah, you can still, to Michael's point, you can still buy the games, mm-hmm. but I, I'll have a hard time as a, as a consumer walking into a store and picking up, you know, unless I have the console, I guess. But even so, like in mentally in my mind like picking up call of duty for 70 dollars or picking up the controller for 50 dollars that comes with a subscription especially like, look how that'll uh, be hard imagine next generation they're like hey here's the xbox series 2 for 600 for 500 dollars or you can play the same games with this 50 dollar controller they make you buy the controller <laughs> or yeah. something and they're just like you can play those games too 50 dollar investment Plus subscriptions, because yeah. they won't ever advertise yeah, a subscription cost, you know, just to get the controller into people's house. Uh, but that's where they'll be going. Uh, it is interesting, though, that like PlayStation is a huge part of the Call of Duty business. So it's going to be up to Microsoft of balancing, like, do we want that money in? 
do we need that money coming from PlayStation or can we live without it? Most likely they can live without it. Uh, but again, if they move away from the yearly cycle uh, in terms of every other year is a new single player, multiplayer Call of Duty and those in between years, you just work on Warzone, like have a big expansion for Warzone mm-hmm. in between that. You can keep the Warzone free to play, still keep it on PlayStation but then those yearly Call of Duties with the single-player campaign yeah. are going to be exclusive to Game Pass. I think both sides will be okay, and if anything, that will just drive business to those war zones yeah. on the PlayStation side. And you're going to have to make you're going to have to make a Microsoft account if it's on PlayStation. You're yeah. going to have to make a Microsoft account for crossplay. Yeah, and and I think you already kind of have to do that for Minecraft. So it's like it's not yeah. something that's cr- completely crazy. I mean, you make a UPlay account for Ubisoft games. You make an Epic account for for Fortnite. So it wouldn't be absolutely insane for that to happen on playstation uh and i'm sure if they signed a 10-year deal like because bloomberg's like oh after 2024 2025 things all up in the air their negotiation phase i'm sure at one point microsoft will be like hey call of duty will go exclusive uh but we will put game pass on playstation if you guys want Hmm. and it'll be up to sony to be like yes or no sony will say no because why would they they're number one they don't need to right but it'll be up in the air at least for that point uh and microsoft can point to that and be like hey we offered to keep them yeah. on playstation consoles but they said no and then they just move on uh all right anything else from the activision blizzard microsoft stuff i think we're good we do have some questions uh that we'll round yeah. back to uh about that uh but there is one more piece of news that i did not put uh in our docket and that is respawn are making three new star wars games uh this was announced just a couple hours ago so ea and lucasarts or lucasfilm games announced three new star wars titles from respawn uh uh, it's jedi fallen order 2 uh with the same respawn team with uh stig uh, um working on the single player campaign for that they are making a first person shooter in a star wars universe and then a uh was it a strategy game um for the third star wars game in yeah i, I didn't read the details <laughs> yeah um games. so they're making three new star wars games from respawn alone holy shit do we have a lot of star wars games coming yeah that's the first thing like for star wars fatigue um you know because ubisoft's doing something respawn's now doing three um you have and, the remake for Knights of the Old Republic, and then you have the yeah. Quantic Dream Star Wars game yeah. as well. So there's definitely some some, some fatigue. And Lego. Um, yeah, that comes out like next month, actually. Yeah. Or March. Um, so yeah, there's like that's the first concern is there's definitely some fatigue. Um, but at the same time, as much as I enjoyed playing Titanfall, like to play a Star Wars first person shooter from Respawn, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Like, um, but. It also means that Titanfall is just being buried, which is kind yeah. of unfortunate. And then I'm also worrying that maybe Respawn's getting stretched too thin now. Like, this is Platinum Games from five or six years ago of, like, I, I don't know, like, you know, but this kind of circles back to what we talked about. Like, obviously, Respawn's going to have to hire. And then they hire people, and they release the games. Then what do you do? 
Like, Jedi Fallen Order first one didn't get any support, but you were working on the second one. So if you're not going to work on a third one, what do you do with the people you brought on for the first and second one? Um, you know, like, it's, and then you got a first-person shooter. Is it going to be a games-as-a-service, or is it going to be an eight-hour campaign like Titanfall 1 was? Yeah. Is it going to have multiplayer? Does that multiplayer then need to be free-to-play? And, and by 2025, I think that it would need to be free-to-play. yeah i mean they've already passed off apex to another studio uh but i think that studio has respawn's name in it now so that's off their plate jedi fallen order is still going Uh, i wonder if these two star wars games include that other remember there was talk at respawn that they're really excited for a new ip they were working on i wonder if that just turned into a star wars game like ea looked at it and is like a slap Boba Fett on that game and we got ourselves a deal sort of scenario. And if I, if I had to guess, that's probably the shooter. Yeah. Most, most likely that's going to be the, the shooter. Cause I don't see respawn having another new IP on top of these star Wars games on top of there already like large workload because the head of respawn is working with that other studio in LA to work on a battlefield game as well so this this is kind of crazy that all of this is being put on respawn but this is the most electronics arts the ea move possible mm-hmm. you you've you found success with respawn and now Keep you're just stuffing gonna, the pig yeah they're just <laughs> gonna throw everything they have at respawn and just hope that they can keep this going hopefully they can uh, I, i'm at least confident enough that jedi fall in order too will probably be mm-hmm. good because that's they kept that core team but everything outside of that i would probably be a little worried if it's too I much i think the shooter i think the shooter will be okay just because Depends on the scale use, yeah that's true um but then the strategy game i would be the same concern i would have would be like who's working on it what experience do they have in working on it you know like yeah on, on strategy games and i'm sure like these companies game companies know what they're doing but you know at a certain point in time like you know they're getting rushed and told like hey like we know ea put strict deadlines on stuff and you got to hit the deadline come hell or high water yeah they're working with former XCOM devs on a strategy game so perfect okay. group of people to yeah. work with on a strategy game but what does that workload look like in terms of like is it 50 50 is it 75 25 how right. much is actually being put on respawn or is respawn just like use the characters we made from fallen order in this game and then this XCOM dev team run off with you know just the character designs and a little bit of story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I I, I have the same concerns as you. Uh, like Respawn <laughs> might be just doing just like one or two many things, but we'll, we'll see exactly how this plays out in like five fucking years. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing that sucks too. Like, um, like, and I said it too. Like, we're kind of already starting to hear about it a little bit, but. Like Activision Blizzard announced a new Blizzard announced a new game, mm-hmm. like a um today a survival sort game. of like through uh, yeah survival game, and they announced it by saying like, hey, we need to hire people mm-hmm. to work on this game, um and like you're hearing we're hearing about game announcements, f- whether they're in quarterly earnings calls or they're in court or they're in like hiring practices, we're not hearing about these games when the developer goes, hey, we got something really cool to show you guys. And that's the part of right now that's kind of sucking. Like we're going to hear about more games that Activision was or wasn't working on during these court proceedings if they do go to court. Yeah, and we're just going to have a lot of stuff where it's just on pause because Activision's just like, "Hey, we can't spend this money yet because it's not really our money yeah. anymore." And then Microsoft's going to go through their evaluation phase, which I'm sure they're doing it now. But you know, 
there'll probably be a pitch session of all these studios being like, hey, we want to work on this. My fear with the EA thing is because EA has no problems canceling Star Wars games. They've canceled several. When they start planning this stuff out and have to fit them in between all the other Star Wars projects, we can talk about some of these games coming out in like six or seven years. Is the market still going to want that many Star Wars games? Uh, Because we saw it with the movies. Disney was like, hey, we're going to release one to two Star Wars movies every single year and then by year three the market was like we're cool like we don't want this anymore and then disney just cut it all off and and i think that we would have been in the exact same spot with the marvel movies if it wasn't for the pandemic yeah that that slowed things down just enough for marvel to be like okay let's we 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 can spread things out a little bit more the, the pandemic definitely did slow some things down for everybody yeah but um we're kind of at the point where like these games are going to come out when hopefully the world's in a better place and to your point of like when we're in a better place or you know and the game industry does is able to go back to kind of normal and catch up are we going to want to play a star wars shooter from respawn in march and then play ubisoft star wars third person shooter i don't know if that's what it is but in june yeah. and then play jedi fallen order in october like are we gonna are, are you are you do you want to play three star wars games in one year no i barely want to play one to be yeah. honest, and I kind of I like Star Wars, but I, I'm if the story's cool and the character and the character development and the and the the arc is is cool. Like I don't really care what the what the background is. I'm like I don't want to go back through and play, you know, any of the like any of the movies. But if you're gonna tell me about new characters, new areas, new protagonists, new antagonists, new worlds, like I'm I'm for it. Like whatever, but not three times in a year of like where like because then you start getting like do you have to play the one before this? Like yeah. even though you do, do I have to play Ubisoft game to understand Respawn's game? Yeah, which you no, know you won't have to, but you, that's gonna be no, in your head. But the consumer would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, if one of those Star Wars games are bad. All of them would struggle. Yeah, because people are going to, especially when we talk about the average consumer who doesn't know who the fuck Respawn is. You know, they're just like, I just like this game. They're going to be like, oh, the last Star Wars game sucked. I don't want this new Star Wars game. And someone being like, oh, don't worry, it's Respawn isn't going to mean anything to them because they've been burned once already. So good luck to Respawn. Uh, I'm sure we'll see they're hiring a bunch of people shortly uh, from this news because... They definitely need the the staffing uh, to handle that. But that is everything that I have for the news, unless something <laughs> breaks within the, next 20, yeah, yeah. within the next 20, 30 minutes. All right. Uh, it does not appear that anything was delayed uh, so far. <laughs> so that's always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, what we're, yeah, what we're playing and watching. Um, based on this list, yours is shorter than mine. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go? Yeah, I can, go? I can go. Okay. Um, mine is pretty basic still going through the uncharted series that's still fun uh i've been playing windjammers 2 so this came out on ps4 ps5 xbox and pc it's crossplay with pc and xbox playstation is on its own island and it's playstation 4 and playstation 5 crossplay so cross gen over okay. there don't know why exactly it worked out that way but that's at least what all the research i can find on it so I picked it up on uh, Game Pass uh, just because why not? And also I have more access to my Xbox. And this is... Because his, fi- his fiance has taken his PlayStation hostage. Yeah, it's fine now. Honestly, like, the, the, there's not much to play on PlayStation right now. And I, I hate to say that, which is why I'm playing yeah. Uncharted uh, uh-huh. over again. And I'll probably be playing Uncharted Lost Legacy next week. 
because it's a ten dollar upgrade or something. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that game came out in like three days. I didn't either at all <laughs> until until like this past weekend. I realized it's like, oh, it's the end of the month. I knew it was soon, but I didn't know it was like the end of the month. Ange- Angela's gonna make me download and boot that game up just so she can see it on this on, uh, boot up Uncharted Four, just so she can see it in four K sixty or whatever it's doing to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, ten dollar upgrade isn't too bad either, so it's not yeah. not the worst. Uh, but Windjammers Two, uh, this is a sequel uh, from a game in the like nineties, I believe is when one jammers one came out. Uh, this is basically like an, uh, Frisbee tennis game, but with characters with different uh, abilities and super moves, power moves, whatever you want to call them. Pretty straightforward sequel to the original. It's just good online code. Cause the original was remastered or whatever remade, uh, not too long ago, which made a lot of people excited and wanting a sequel they did a good job of bringing this to modern platforms and maintaining the same sort of art style, but cleaning up the edges. And at least on Xbox, the multiplayer, the online has been really good. I suck at it, awesome. apparently. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm one in four in, in the ranked matches, which... It's like a... F- I, I, I mean, I could be totally off base here, but it's like a Frisbee kind of game? Yeah, it's a, it's Frisbee tennis, okay. basically, where you, there, yeah, yeah. you have like okay. two big goals i feel like this the remaster was on plus or something um so there was like a knockoff that was on plus but it was on playstation as well there was disc jam i believe yeah uh that was on plus and then windjammers remaster or re-release did make it to playstation and had a decent net code but definitely had its issues this one built from the ground up to be multiplayer so it works significantly better uh I'm really enjoying the hell out of it. I'm hoping I can get to a better rhythm because you do need quick reflexes on this. So I probably should have played the arcade mode instead of jumping into rank play right away. That's my bad. Uh, Cause was not ready to get my ass kicked. The one win I got, I barely got. It's only because my opponent messed up. It mm. wasn't like I was really good or had some skills. It's just, I, I can tell they hit the wrong button or something. Cause, cause they just, did not go the right direction but i'm enjoying it this will probably be my multiplayer kill 10 minutes sort of game because matches awesome it's a best of three so matches only take a couple minutes uh and then i've been playing uh rainbow six extraction which i thought i put on the list but this will be a crossover (laughs) to yours because you played significantly more rainbow six (laughs) extraction uh than i have uh just because we did good codes from ubisoft so uh I got a code, Dave got a code, and then we gave a code to one of our uh, friends and listeners. So Dave's been playing with that person because my schedule just does not line up with Dave or anyone else uh, for this game. So Dave, if you want to take it away and I'll just jump in. Yeah, well, the first thing I want to get out of the way is it's on Game Pass, and then it's also cross-play and cross-progression. It's on Game Pass for console and for PC. Uh, I did set up a channel in our Discord, so if it's something that you would you do want to play um you can go ahead and jump in there and conversate with that because the first thing i'll say is you should not play this game with randoms like it's no i will tell you about my experience with that (laughs) um the the second thing uh is it's super fun with your friends and you guys know me i love cooperative shooters uh it's just something i enjoy playing all the time as much as i can and i've had a blast playing with multiple friends that i have on some of them on playstation and some of them on xbox um so it is essentially like three separate rooms there's a risk reward system to it there's you know just uh, the first thing is just staying alive 
uh, is your first objective. Uh, the second one can be a random objective in each of those rooms. Um, and then the third can be the, oh crap, my teammate died. Like, and Or my teammate got knocked down, I need to revive them, or they're down and they get covered in foam because they're being, they need to be extracted. And then um, I found a lot of times that of like, okay, like there's a lot of randomness too of like, okay, like this one was easy. This one was easy. This one was a little harder, but it's okay. We got through it. And then the next time you go into the next next room, um, that um, next time you go in the next room for Rainbow Six Extraction, uh, you have to like all of a sudden it's just batshit crazy. Like there's no reason behind it being like that. Um, and some of that seems to be randomness. Um, some of it seems to be just anything. Um, the thing that I find fascinating that I haven't really paid a ton of attention to. If like as I try to stay away from like Reddit and forums and feedback when I'm first playing games a little bit, is there is negative progression in this game? Yeah, that like, that could be. You a little can brutal. lose levels. You can lose a level. You can use a, lose a significant amount of XP for failing for all three of your teammates dying. Like you you failing the objective entirely, and then you need to go get those. <laughs> you need to go get your operator back. Yes, because so, you do lose access to them. Yes, which is very unforgiving if you're trying to play this solo. Because holy shit, do you need to work with other yeah. people on these objectives? Mm-hmm. Well, the first part is that you probably just need to make sure that your three you're kind of balanced. Like you have like almost like a. And I don't. I didn't play enough Rainbow Six Siege to understand the operators. Uh, Josh, who's been in chat is a former co-worker of mine um and he's he spent some time in in, in rainbow six siege and he, so he kind of knew what each one of them were doing he was trying to figure out how these operators operate in extraction because there's certain ones of like you break through a wall yeah. okay like well that's not necessarily needed in this because like you're trying to be a little more eventually stealthy, there is but yeah. they, they did fit that but yeah you yeah i i was familiar with that which is where my early frustration is when playing with randoms of just like, why the fuck are you guys playing this character right now? Right. Uh, so that can be a little aggravating because there's a lot of so strategy. You need a heal, like you need a healer. Uh, like you definitely need somebody that can heal people. The other mechanic that's interesting to me is um, your health, like your, your health number, your HP does not increase. Mm-hmm. Like you can give yourself more armor, but like if you're hurt, and I think if you get down below like 50% of your base health, um, your operator is then put into like the injured state and you can't use them again. However, completing another successful extraction with a different operator grants you health points. Mm-hmm. And those health points are reapplied to the healing of the characters. Um, and then if you don't extract your lost character on your next mission, if you don't get them pulled out and extracted and, and brought back to base, that character is unusable for a certain amount of time i don't know what time i just think it just happened to me a couple days ago and i haven't gone back to look um and you will eventually get that operator back but that operator will then again like we talked about have lost a significant amount of xp yeah uh so this game's brutal like i was frustrated because i ended up losing like three characters right away playing with randoms just because people were extracting too early because once you extract someone like mission over uh as far as i know i don't know if someone goes away from the extraction point uh, well, all three, all three people have to operate with it. We, I did have a, a, I have to interact with it. We did have a situation where one of our guys thought we were leaving, and we're like, no, we're going to go to the the airlock. And he had actually called for the helicopter to come pick him up. Yeah. And if all three don't call for it, it doesn't come. Yeah. So there, there's been times where uh, someone went down, and I'm like the only one on the mic, being like, please do not, 
you put the body in the container, do not hit extract. Put the body in the container, do not hit extract, and then they hit extract, and it's like, shit, okay, we all gotta go now. Uh, and then that ends the mission, which sucks, because it's that's the risk-reward, is you can extract at any time uh, when you're doing the three levels, so you, so you can, can still finish the objective or do the bonus objective or do some studies and get some RXP yeah. and then leave. Yeah, but <laughs> you know? once someone hits that extraction, you have to just you just have to to leave and you're done, uh, which which is a, a little bit frustrating with with that aspect. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a game you need to be able to communicate with people and work together. Uh, and I also think it's very important for this game because I do think the game is just a little bit bland visually, like the mm-hmm. the, the monsters are. The Very, guns all sound the same. Yeah. The characters all look the same. Yep. Yeah, so so that aspect is bland. But the good thing about with co-op games is they just become a chat room, you know, yep. for you to catch up with your friends. Po- poker night. Yep. Yeah, and, and this is perfect. As someone who plays a lot of, uh, used to play a lot of Back for Blood, used to play a ton of Left for Dead, yeah. this fits in that, even though it... Or even it, like Call of Duty Warzone with yeah. your buddies. Or, yeah, uh, but it, it's specifically just, like hordes of enemies coming at you, co-op game. Yep. Uh, this is a little more generic than those other ones, but it, it makes up for that with that risk reward stuff to where it's yeah. kind of asking you with your co-op buddies to be like, hey, sit back and actually think about some of your actions just a little bit because there's the risk reward aspect, there's yeah. the negative XP aspect. So it's asking a little bit more from your co-op buddies. Yeah, we found ourselves before we interacted with an objective, like, okay, hey, can we like seal this room off or funnel this room off so we know where most of them are coming from, you know, and then, you know, putting out some things, doing a little bit more prep work and a little bit more, you know, more tactical like that. And again, I haven't played a lot of Rainbow Six Siege, but what people were kind of asking for out of the Rainbow Six franchise, like since New Vegas, right? Probably. Rainbow Rainbow Six New Vegas or? No, Rainbow Six Vegas, I believe. New Vegas Vegas is the Fallout game. Sorry, um, I hadn't really messed with too many of those. I messed, I've dabbled a little bit with Rainbow Six, but not nearly as much. And this is making me want to mess with Rainbow Six more. And that's also on Game Pass now. Um, yeah. But removing the Game Pass equation for him, this is a forty dollars game. Like I think this has significant value at a forty dollars price point. It does feel like it is just an expansion for Rainbow Six Siege, uh, mm-hmm. but the forty dollars price point makes you be able to eat that a little bit better if that, if yeah. that makes sense because it does feel like it is just an expansion for that game but at least they're not asking for 60 or 70 dollars for this expansion right. so we've seen standalone expansions before so i'm treating it as a standalone yeah. expansion yeah uh but and i think it's good if you like shooters you like co-op games like this is worth 40 dollars. and then the again the best part about it is the positive is it's 40 dollars. the other positive is it's on game pass on console and PC. And then the third thing is with it being $40 is it has cross play. So if you buy it on PlayStation, I can play with you. Michael mm-hmm. can play. Your buddies can play. If your buddy owns a Game Pass game like or Game Pass, they can play with you on PlayStation. And yeah. I think that's great. And it's Game Pass PC uh, as well, right? I believe. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So yep. Uh, it's even better for, for, for that thing. It's just, if you pick it up, don't expect like the most in-depth story or anything like that. Uh, that's definitely where you can see why it's a $40 game and not a $60 game. There's definitely, they do their best to like put like a nice cinematic, like Ubisoft always does at the beginning of the game. But there's cutscenes and like little cutscenes when you unlock more tech, you know, but, but it's not super, super deep. This does feel like this is going to sound bad. This, this feels like a $40 game, but that's not a bad, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it it feels at least it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a $40 game. That's $70. Yeah, and it's, it doesn't feel like it's $20 either. They, they, there's right. enough here for $40, except if you 
do not have anyone to play with, I don't recommend trying to play yeah. with randoms. Uh-uh. I just don't think it'll work. And it's one of those games where if you can't get your friends to commit to playing this game, then it's probably right. not worth it for you. I would love to see a bundle. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of wish it was more than three players, though. Like, I wish it was like maybe four or five, but the I guess maps maybe would, that would make it bigger. too easy. Yeah, because yeah, the maps are kind of small because they, they're broken into sections, but who yeah. knows? They can expand upon that if they want in the future. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like, I got two, I got three other people that want to play, like, oh, okay, but hopefully we can get some more people grouping up, but I could definitely see it being a, you know, like a weekly gaming night thing for myself and some buddies, so. Uh, um, so I played a ton also last week of Nobody Saves the World. I think I'm like 18 hours into this game, and I am absolutely loving it. Like, it's so much fun, um, you know, kind of exploring the map, figuring some things out, messing with the other forms, upgrading them. The story is okay. Um, it's kind of a little, little bit slowly drip-fed, but as expected, as you unlock more things, you find out more stuff. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. Another great game that's been on Game Pass. Um, and the... Not, not that I want to beat a dead horse because I feel like I've you know been talking a lot, very positively about this right now and I I, I think I put it on the Facebook group um, the integration between my phone my PlayStation or my my phone my my PC and my console for playing this as an example for playing this game is flawless like it just works yeah and I don't have to I don't have to jump through a hoop to move my save file I don't have to re-sign in or reconnect or or put something in a cloud it just works i played it upstairs on the on my couch on the console i've come downstairs and streamed it on game pass on pc and it's been there i didn't realize until a couple days ago it supports touch controls on my phone yeah yeah (laughs) it's and it just works randy asked me a question the other day and i just pulled the game up on my phone took a screenshot of what i was talking about and sent it to him yeah (laughs) yeah that stuff's so amazing (laughs) And we're still in the early stages of that yeah. stuff in terms of like broadband, you know, like internet was, and stuff. Yeah. I was playing Rainbow Six Extraction with two people or one person in PC, one person on console, myself on PC. I, in this, I understand it's all within the Microsoft ecosystems. We're in the same party chat. Like, and it just, and it works. And, yeah. it, and then you had to add a couple. So I will say that if you are playing on Game Pass on PC, you actually have to launch game you have to have your game pass on pc there you have to link your ubisoft account with your microsoft account obviously and then you have to go into ubisoft's launcher to get rainbow six and it's the same way with ea too with their okay the ea play games on game pass pc it's not perfect all right yeah it knows that you you know based on you connecting your account it knows you have game pass and then you can download and launch the game i was looking all over for the game in the xbox store and it wasn't there (laughs) it's a it's the same pain on ea play which is why i don't really interact with the ea games on a a game pass like at all (laughs) on the console it just works yeah yeah (laughs) like so um but it's just been a bunch of i we all laughed at Microsoft or were making fun of Microsoft for like smart delivery and their marketing terms, but like their stuff is just right now. It's just working better. I can just download games to, I can pick the console I want to download it to and I can just download it because I have the S and the X right now. Um, so I can just pick which, which console I want to download it to. I can kick it off from my phone by the time I get home. It feels like there's always something going on with PlayStation. Oh, your PlayStation's not on or, you know, oh, you, you have, it's been too long and you haven't linked it with it. Like I get it, you know, and, and, and PlayStation's not flawless. Xbox is not flawless, but Xbox is just, in terms of the user integration, is just nailing it right now. Microsoft is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked over the weekend, unfortunately, but I did, you know, work. I was off most evenings. So um, I probably got to see the end of one 
and to watch three the end, the end of two and to watch two others of probably the best football games that I've I've seen. These the the four playoff games this weekend were probably the best weekend of football we've ever had. All four games were decided on the last play of the game. Um and all of them were super entertaining. <laughs> Sorry Curry about your bills, <laughs> but that that was a hell of a game. Overtime rules in the NFL suck, but it was still a hell of a game. Um so that was great. So I don't want to bore anybody with that too much, but um it, it the football was good this weekend. And like the, I think they I thought I heard something on the radio today like 48 million people watched the Bills Chiefs game. It's nuts. <laughs> um and then I did watch today I watched the Peacemaker show. Um I watched 3 episodes of the Peacemaker on uh, HBO Max. It's okay. Yeah, I'm I, I, I need. I'm interested in the characters, like trying to see what's going on and and how it ties into it. Um, there's terms that they're using in there, like uh, that kind of tie back to some of the like the uh, the Arrow and the Flash shows on CW of like the DC lore. Um, so, trying to figure out what's going on still. I need to start it. Uh, the reviews have been saying it's fine. You know, it's it's okay to yeah. good. So I I need to start that. Uh, but man, every time I, I just try not to get attached to DC stuff because it just yeah. seems it's, like it's always it's, in flux. It, by the way, it's an it's just full disclosure. It's an HBO show. Yeah, um, and it's and it's written it's, by it's, the same. It's got violence. Club. It's got it, it's it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's that's it. I've streamed a lot last week. My goal is to hopefully stream some more. I put a list out of stuff that I want to kind of go through and play this year. I I have a a goal of ideally completing 12 games this year one game per month um and i think streaming is going to be something that's going to help me kind of hold to that um so if i can um i feel like if i can play the game uh and i should be able to stream it i haven't i need to look into streaming from the xbox console upstairs um as well as just maybe streaming a little bit more from the ps5 directly i worry about and i know you guys don't care i care i worry about you know viewership chat interaction um quality how it looks um you know things like that but uh ultimately i know you guys just kind of check in and so if you can if you see us streaming myself streaming or if we can motivate michael to stream a little bit more um just pop in the chat say hi you know talk to us for a second and you know double check your prime subscription and you can dip out you know or hang out and have a conversation watch ask some questions about the game we're or just leave it in the background playing. just put your phone down yeah. you don't need to look at your phone right now yeah. just put- or open up a tab at work or on your other, you know, on your other, you know, and just mute it and leave it there and leave it going. Like, yeah, same thing with Spotify and, uh, you know, all the other streaming <laughs> services. You just hit the, our podcast, hit play, walk away. It's fine. <laughs> go to go to your local uh, Best Buy and go to every laptop and put digitaldaysgaming.com <laughs> and then hit play on each of the videos and then walk away. <laughs> Wash your hands afterwards. <laughs> yes, please. Please do. Please do. All right. Uh, you got anything else for playing and watching? Uh, no. So Sarah wanted to watch Infinity War and Endgame again because she hadn't seen them since they were in theaters. So I okay. tricked her into watching Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, in between because uh, I'm like, <laughs> you need to see Ant-Man and the Wasp because she's never seen it. And I'm like, it's very important to yeah. Infinity War and Endgame. In reality, I could have just shown her the end credit scene of Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp, but that wouldn't be as fun. So going through that. Uh, Peace, by the way, Peacemaker has some stuff at the end of credits too, each episode. FYI, if you watch it. Uh, does, how good are they at skipping an HBO Max? Because I get so frustrated with like Disney. Actually, Plus. they're not. I, like I was actually kind of frustrated at first, but I think it had to do with the end credit scenes of like I was like, okay, the credits are rolling. When is it going to say playing next episode? And it doesn't until okay. the show gets like to the last ten seconds. Because yeah. I so. still hate that Disney Plus has not figured out a good way to tell you like there's there you know yep. to let you know there's a po- a mid and post credit scene. At this point in time, just edit it. 
Put it before the credits. That's what I'm saying. Like, they should do that. Yeah. And they just have a skip credits button, but it should say skip to the credit scene or something. Yeah, yeah. Or just put yep. them all in their own playlist and just let me watch it that way. It's super frustrated because I had to, yeah. like, fast forward 10 seconds at a time at, at the end of yep. uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp to get to the end credit scene. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that no, nothing major for me uh, gameplay-wise. It's been Windjammers, Uncharted. Awesome. All right, so we're going to go through some questions and comments using hashtag AskDigitalDays. Um, so you can send us those on the Facebook group, Discord. Uh, you can post them, I guess, if you, I'll pay attention if you post them on a TikTok comment or a YouTube comment. Please don't. Yeah, it's not the place <laughs> so, to do it. Yeah, so tweet them to us. Put them in the Facebook group. Put them in Discord. Um, tweeting and Discord, I think, are the two safest places that, you know, like they're we can search the hashtag or we can go into the channel specifically. But... We'll take questions anyway. We can get them. Not going to be too super picky. Uh, so Lebetsky, uh, why do you think or who do you think Sony would purchase if they could quote respond to Xbox? Okay, uh, I have two answers. First one, <laughs> Kojima Productions. Just it, it it fits their pattern of purchasing someone they've worked with closely, and it wouldn't okay. be crazy expensive. Though you would get the problem of having Kojima Productions on like a on your books uh, timeline wise in terms of getting him to get a game done and not yep. doing all the stuff he likes to do on the side. Second answer, uh, as we talked about this last week, I think I shot down the idea of square Enix cause I don't think PlayStation has any interest in anything outside of final fantasy for square Enix in terms of their Western studios, their boutique RPG studios. I think, and I don't think Sony wants to deal with an MMO, even if it's a successful MMO. So right. I don't think square Enix works. I think Capcom would probably be the best fit, though it would mean probably the death to some of those Capcom franchises, because I think what Capcom has going for it is Resident Evil has hit the quality level that you can probably compare it to Sony's prestigious first party games in terms of uh, the horror genre. Yeah, it's prestige horror. And uh, sorry for people that don't know about my Chicago accent and I can't say the word horror. Um, (laughs) Uh, I feel like I always have to apologize because I said I say horror, 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 and people are like, "What the fuck is he saying?" Um, I, what'd you call me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I think Resident Evil is up to the quality level that Sony likes in terms of like The Last of Us uh, or mm-hmm. Spider Man in terms of their their it's just quality. It, it has hit that Metacritic level that they like, and then Street Fighter fits with their Evo purchase that they made last year everything outside of that i think would die because sony has no interest in mega man they would have no interest in dead rising or they would have interest in monster hunter because that's like a multiplayer game and that's something that they lack and that is a quality level so outside of resident evil street fighter and monster hunter i don't think they have any interest in anything else capcom makes which means those stuff mega man would probably die like Mm -hmm. or get sold or get sold, most likely buried, or they just specifically buy that chunk of Capcom. So those would be right. my two answers, Dave. Uh, in, in terms of like what if if you want if you want to do like kind of like try to go punch for punch with with Microsoft, which you can't. Um, right off the bat, the first thing is Ubisoft. Yeah. Um, you know, like, but is does Sony want that headache? You want to talk about like, you know, like what's going on at Activision Blizzard versus, you know, versus what's going on at Ubisoft. Like that's, they're, they're kind of similar, um, you know, but that's also, you're inheriting some developmental hell too. Um, Skull and bones. It, <laughs> like... it, uh, 
the monkey. I can't think of the game right Beyond now. Beyond Good um, and Evil. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So along with everything else that's going on there, and then um, their relationship with Nintendo would uh, automatically be fractured if Sony purchases them with the Mario yeah. stuff and the Rabbids. And, I, uh, so I also think with Ubisoft, like I think this Assassin's Creed franchise has peaked, which is why they're trying to start fresh from that. Yeah. The Division, I think, has peaked. Far Cry, I think, yeah. has peaked. So like, they would be getting prestige stuff. Like you would almost do it for the back. You would be catalog. getting a, a huge amount of knowledge of how to make decent to above average games in service, though, yeah. which is something that Sony lacks. Motorstorm um, from Ubisoft would probably be yeah. fucking perfect. Like a Riders Republic Motorstorm, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like something like that would be cool. Um, but ultimately, I think with the like I, I put this on Twitter, I got some hate for it. Like, fix your relationship with your indie studios with the indies. Yeah. Like I'm not saying it's fractured. It needs to be better. The fact that Guacamelee's or Drinkbox's games, like that, where Guacamelee was like crossplay on Vita and PS3, and it was part of Plus Collection and, and all that stuff, and then they their Nobody Saves the World game is not there is disappointing. Yeah, and it'd be so much like, cheaper. They didn't get Hades first, you know. Like I'm not saying like you know I, there was so many like in terms of order of importance right now. I feel like it, it, for indies, it's Switch, PC, and then number two is Xbox, and number three is Sony. Mm-hmm. Sony needs to figure out how to get back in the, at least in the number two spot. You're never gonna get ahead of the PC. Yeah. Um. But they need to get back in that number two spot of like so where indies want PC and PlayStation. No, it's completely agree. And also that would be the most that would be the least expensive option for them mm-hmm. in terms. All they have to do is put their little money that they care. But that is a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah. You can gain the respect of hundreds of indie devs versus how much it would cost to buy one publisher. I, I, and I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm not naive. Like, Microsoft's throwing money at these games, obviously, to put them on Game Pass, and, and they were, and, and they're helping, and, and they're boosting the library for Game Pass and, and all that stuff. I get it. But something has changed. Like, and it might, and I even put it on Twitter, like, it might be the, the pandemic, but, like, we would have seen, like, PlayStation would have had these relationships with, with these indies, and Michael and I would have played them. And we would have played them through PlayStation PR or through through appointments or at E3 and we and and it would have been in Sony's booth, or it would have been adjacent to Sony's booth, um, and and they would have had some some pomp and circumstance for them to play them. And now it's just not happening. And the alternative is it's coming to Game Pass, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll play it because it's it's on Game Pass. It's yeah. just there. And I never and, finish it. And, <laughs> yep. And Sony doesn't have their indie sale anymore, or the summer sale highlighting an indie every month well, like they, they used to. I think they do, but it's just not a thing anymore that they like yeah. advertise. It's hard. not on the blog or they're yeah. like, they'll, I saw them do a huge push for Kenna, like mm-hmm. a huge push for Kenna. But we used to see that same kind of push for Kenna, at least on a game every three months. Yeah. And, and it, it's just not there. And it only felt like Kenna got that push because they didn't have anything else. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah. And then the, the counterpart is they, yeah, a hundred percent. Like I'm you're like, Microsoft doesn't push it. if you're thinking that in your mind, no, they don't. And they don't have to because they're getting you for 10 bucks a month and the game's just there. Yeah. And then it <laughs> so. works out for the indie dev because indie devs have said like, oh, our sales spike, yeah. <laughs> you know, like they go up when we're on Game Pass. So, uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, no, it would, I honestly agree. Like and when nobody saves the world comes to PlayStation, because it will, it'll get huge recognition because it was on Game Pass. Yeah. But <laughs> as Game Pass grows, more people are going to be like, well, I don't need to pick it up on PlayStation because I already played it already Correct. in the past i agree uh but yeah no i i think it would probably be smarter and cheaper for them to just make a relationship with indie developers again yeah. uh to like fill those gaps figure out like why microsoft is getting it other than the money standpoint so all right uh next question robert cartwright 
Uh, with Microsoft making all these acquisitions and owning large number of AAA studios, AAA titles now, do you think that Game Pass will ever be on PlayStation? I don't want to say never, but <laughs> I feel like the odds are slightly better after last week than they were before. I think last week or before last week, it was zero percent chance. Now I think it's like one percent chance. Yeah, I mean, if the first part about it we've always talked about is like, oh, they get thirty percent, like the you know Sony gets the thirty percent cut to put it on your platform. Like, I don't think if Microsoft put it on game, like I don't think that there would be a thirty percent cut. There would have to be a contract talk. Yeah, like they're not going to get the same amount because Microsoft's producing the content. You know, yeah, it, it would not. It would become a big negotiation. Uh, and right now, PlayStation has the leverage because they have the consoles, but that leverage could change. But now Microsoft has the IPs. Yeah, I know exactly. To where now so, it's that, yeah. that it's shifting to where they're going to be even. To then it's going to shift to favor Xbox. And to your point, like we talked about, like if it's if 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 they even if they have to give Sony ten percent of the Game Pass revenue that comes from Sony, from Sony direct or from PlayStation customers, like they can probably get that same customer on a smart TV. Yeah. The only thing that would suck, too, is I don't think people are realizing Microsoft then would have to develop all of their first party titles to work on PlayStation. And I don't know if people on PlayStation would buy into a streaming only version of Game Pass on their PlayStation because just because they don't buy into a streaming only version of now first PS3 games because there's no way Microsoft, even though they have all the manpower now, they're not going to go back and develop Halo Infinite for the PlayStation they'll stream it but it's going to be does sony want another streaming service on their system uh, or would they want like a a light version of game pass that just has the third party titles that are already developed available yeah on game pass so it gets tricky if yeah. playstation would be up for a streaming only version of game pass then that would be fantastic but it wouldn't be as successful right all right, um, Ali Bartle writes: If you could make one game, or if you could make one game that's platform exclusive but available to all gamers, which would it be? Go ahead. Uh, I would. The first thing that jumped into my mind is the Uncharted, um, the Uncharted franchise. Mm. Super Smash Brothers. I think that would be kind of amazing because then you could open up and maybe get some PlayStation and yeah. Xbox characters into Smash Brothers. Uh, but Uncharted would be huge for PlayStation to get that on every platform. Every, like Uncharted 1 on the Switch. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but Smash Brothers, I think, would be just amazing. I mean, shit, Microsoft can make their own Smash Brothers now. They, they have the IP. Uh, yeah. But holy shit. Like, I wonder. So since Nintendo now has, an, uh, has had a working relationship with Microsoft to get like Banjo and Kazooie on there. Could Nintendo then now go, like, we want Crash and Spyro and Smash Brothers the next time around, and then Microsoft is the only person they have to deal with. Yeah, Phil Spencer says put Game Pass on Switch. Sure, you can have whatever you want. I mean, he already <laughs> let him get uh, Banjo and Kazooie on, on, yeah. on, on uh, Smash Brothers, so I wonder yeah. if he would even care enough to be like, yeah, take Spyro and Crash temporarily yeah. on this. Let us release Golden Eye. You, you developed the game. You can release it on your platform, but it goes on Game Pass. But Spyro has to wear a t-shirt that says Game Pass. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> they tell Nintendo, you pick the studio to make the game. We'll lend you the IP to make the game. You release the game. You can you can benefit from the, the Switch sales, but it, it comes to Xbox and it comes on Game Pass. Yeah, just, just throw it on there. Uh, yeah. 
But man, Phil Spencer, he's Phil Spencer's Mr. Nice Guy in terms of like lending out Banjo Kazooie. Uh, maybe he'll lend out Crash and Spyro, but at a certain point, Spencer's <laughs> going to have too much power and he's not going to have to be Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, I know. That's the part that, of the Microsoft that I worry about eventually. Yeah. <laughs> the cocky Microsoft again. Not not the consumer friendly or the, like, we're in it together, Microsoft. Yeah, the return of Dogmatic. We're in it together until I have all of it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, last question. Uh, for Matt Lowe, it's a food question. Uh, so, sugar or spice? You can only choose one and do without the other forever. Sugar wins, I think. <laughs> Sugar's in uh, everything. I, would, I I will take... Uh, I guess, yeah, like... Hmm. I, I was thinking spice in terms of, like... Well, I guess, uh, yeah. I, at first, when I first read this, I was thinking, like, spice is, like, spicy. No, spicy I, I think so, too. But, like, if we're okay. talking about sweets versus spicy... But I would, take, I would take a spicy bowl of noodles or spicy chips over the cake or brownies. Okay, but would soda be included? I know you're trying to cut well, out I've, soda. But I've pretty much cut it out. I know, so. but, like, I, I've <laughs> been sipping right this here. can of Coke this entire time, <laughs> and I'm just, like... I, I, I'm down, like, eight pounds, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I was down to the mini cans, but then I ordered food today and I got a big can. Uh, so I would prefer, I think, sugar because I like cookies and stuff like that over spicy food. Like I don't need a ton of spicy food. Uh, I, I, if it's just if it's just spice, like just like spices. Oh no no! If it's just spices, I need spice on my steak. Yeah, I need okay. I need <laughs> spices. When it talks about like sugary food versus spicy food, I think I'd rather have sugary food. Yeah, I would take spicy food. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I'm trying to think of like spicy food that I like enjoy regularly, and there's not much. There's like some like chicken wings sort of thing, uh, some salsa if we're talking if that counts on like a burrito or mm -hmm. something. But a lot of stuff I ha wait. I like. You eat a burrito? It has bread on it. Tortilla is a form of bread. No, it's not. Are you, we're not. I, I'm. I forget you're like suburban white. Tortilla is not bread. Like it's a form of bread. No, it's not. You can't say it's a form of bread. That's like saying like the inside of a cake is a form of bread. He's got to think about this. This is the funny part. Like you're thinking about like the inside of you're just like, oh, is that? it's not. It's a sponge. Uh, no, tortillas is not bread. Jesus Christ. This is your bad food take. Does he think tortillas is bread? No, I said it was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I can live right. without spicy food. Uh, my Mexican side of my family are like cursing at me, but uh, I, I can I can deal with losing spicy food. I need sugar. All right, uh, so that is our show. I guess uh, for right now, I would say the spotlight is um, the Twitch streams that we're trying to do a little bit more. The YouTube channel again with some of the shorts. So I'm um, just asking for like. 60 seconds of your time a day uh, um <laughs> and then tiktok if, as well if, you, if it's something you want to mess with or not mess with i know so like i said earlier some people are afraid of that but those are the things that we're kind of looking at some short form content to get some more eyes as well as reviews 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 for the show sharing it so um the socials you can follow the main account at digital days pod uh, you can follow michaels at the first mjc you can follow myself at good dave hunt facebook group discord server all that stuff is linked in the show notes um and uh that's all i got i'm sure next week we'll have some other random topic about call of duty or activision or food um <laughs> yeah so keep sending us questions um 
and then like we talked about too, if you can you know make some clips you can always make them not live uh if you if you don't watch live you can go back to the past broadcast and check them out um and uh if we try to get some stuff up i don't think you can make clips on youtube so if you don't know like you can just go to twitch click on our past broadcast and kind of go through that and find something and do that so uh that's all i got so i hope everyone has a great week keep moving forward don't be a dick